0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, of Las Vegas. This is where Real Faith meets real train. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, parischapellasvegas.com to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Good, good. I missed everybody. Amen kind of caught up this weekend, and I heard it went down. I, it seems like I always miss it when, you're when, right? <laughs> Day late and the dollar short, amen, but that's all right, you know, uh, but I, I heard that everyone was encouraged and, and that the, the prophet spoke a word, amen, and, it, and I heard it was a timely word. Uh, certainly in these times, uh, we can all agree we need a timely word, amen, and so we just, uh, we're grateful for that, and I'm grateful for all of you. Smile, everybody. My God. It's a tough crowd tonight, amen. I promise I won't preach long, you know. Um. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently right now putting together a new well. You, you've all taken my well over. So I got to, like, put some harmony into it, like, ooh. <laughs> but somehow, somebody will perfect that too, Amen. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, no, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm I'm grateful to be here tonight, and uh, uh, you know, just really just happy to be a part of this fellowship. Um, I just want to start by giving honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Amen. Uh, to my spiritual parents, Pastor Art and Maria, um, let's just give God some praise for them tonight. Amen. Um, they have been just a, a just a constant help and spiritual inspiration. I think, for all of us, and and a shining example uh, of of how to walk with God. Amen. Uh, And uh, my my wife in her absence, and I want to give God some praise for her. Uh, She's at work right now just trying to uh, just navigate, you know, being a a new mommy, but also uh, being a professor and all of that. And that's not easy for her um, because she's a creature of habit. You know, many of you don't know she went to jazzercise every morning for over over 15 years, um, and she was a jazzercise instructor, and so as much as I love that little chipmunk over there, uh, it certainly changed some things, amen, so uh, we're, we're, we're learning how to adjust, you know, I, I used to like to go out to the desert and um, like out past the M and, and you know, just kind of think and pray, that was my time, uh, just to walk through the desert, but uh, we're, we're learning how to just, how to, how to pivot, you know, when we need to, to get what we need, amen, and so. Mama, what you fussing about? All your needs are met. Okay. All right. She's like, shut up, Daddy, and just preach. Amen. <laughs> yep, yeah, pretty much. Amen. But, um, but I'm just I'm grateful uh, for everyone tonight. And uh, just keep me in prayer. Um, I, I'm going through uh, some things right now, and I believe God is getting ready to, to transition me. And usually when that happens, uh, turmoil and chaos starts. Um, you know, I, have had to learn over the past couple of years that, uh, though the universe is big, I'm not in control of it. Amen. There is a God over the universe, uh, and I have nothing to do with his plans. In fact, if he could tell me so, he would say, Derek, where were you, uh, when I made the foundations of the world? And I certainly couldn't say anything. Um, and so, uh, just pray for me because, uh, there's some things going on and, uh, you know, the enemy is really, uh got the full court press on right now but uh you know i've, I've made it up on my, in my mind that the more uh he, he does that uh, the more that i'm just gonna stand and gut it out amen and sometimes we just have to gut it out you know there's no it's not always pretty you know we want the the, the pretty outcome uh, but sometimes we have to just grind and uh, that's all i know to do is grind amen and so just pray for me um and uh and just continue to pray for our city And our first responders, uh, Pastor Art, I haven't forgotten, um, you had me pray for the first responders. And it's strange because, you know, growing up, I didn't didn't have a very favorable view of first responders. Growing up in the neighborhood, I did. Amen. (laughs) But uh, as I've gotten saved, um, I've learned how to appreciate them. Um, And God has worked on me in that and how to be respectful and, and to be a good citizen. That's something that's important to me. I don't... Um, you know, maybe years ago, my friends and I, we were not interested in being good citizens. Uh, but that's something that I'm interested in tonight, you know. I'm interested in being a good citizen. I like to, I don't like the feeling of, of driving down the road and the police seeing me and I'm gripping onto my steering wheel because I know that my license is suspended, amen. Or that my SR-22 bond is not kicked in, amen. I know some of you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, but I like my life now. I, I, you know, I like to be able... <laughs> amen (laughs) look brother Garrett's like you got your insurance brother (laughs) no just kidding (laughs) but but you know seriously though you know um it it is an honor to pray for our first respond responders and and uh and i I truly um i'm up to the task of of continuing to pray for them and and pray and using them as an assignment um or praying for them uh and taking them up as an assignment rather so um, we should all do that. We should all pray for them because many of them are dealing with things that, that they didn't expect to deal with. And this is our city. Um, we are Vegas strong. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Let's get into the word. Amen. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the Lord has been um, weighing on me about the state of this country. And uh, too often you can, you can go on YouTube or go somewhere and you can find Uh, some someone preaching about politics but um, that's not the direction necessarily that God is trying to take me tonight Um, but I I do want to address how this country um, and has responded to to God and and how they have how we have as a nation how we need to go back into the fold of God's loving arms amen Um, it is something that that is uh, long overdue Um, we were once a Christian nation amen and now uh, people are trying to take uh, that statement away as if it never was before. Um, and that's a trick of the enemy because that's not true. We are a Christian nation. Um, but somehow we have lost our, our way. And, uh, and I want to preach on that tonight um, because this is my country. This is your country. Um, and we're not, we, we, don't, we don't take on our country and we don't put our country before God. Um, but we can certainly be proud of our country. Um, we can be proud of the space that we live in because I can tell you, I've lived in a developing nation. I lived in the Philippines. It wasn't that free over there, right? Uh, there's an illusion of democracy there, but it is not necessarily free. Um, and so uh, I just give God some praise for the country that I live in. Uh, but we got some work to do, church. Would you agree? Come on, let's, uh, let, let's get into the word tonight. Uh, we're going to come out of Micah 6, 9 through 16. Uh, that's Micah 6 through 16. Uh, when you get there, just say amen. It's Micah six, nine through sixteen. Micah, amen. And it reads as such: Hear the Lord if you are wise. He calls to everyone in Jerusalem. The armies of destruction are coming. The Lord is sending them. What shall I say about the homes of the wicked, filled with treasures gaining by cheating? What about the disgusting practice of measuring out with monsters? Uh, how can I tolerate your merchants who use dishonest scales among you? Oh my God! Therefore, I will wound you, bring to ruin all your sins. Uh, you will now remain. Uh, save your money to not save a little, but I will give it to those who conquer you. Uh, you will plant crops, but not harvest them. Uh, you will press your eyes to anoint yourselves. You will trample the grapes, but get no juice to make wine. Uh, laws of evil king Henry. uh you follow an example of the. King. Therefore, I will make an example of you. Bringing to ruin, you will be treated with contempt, mocked by all who see you. Come on, church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you tonight. God, I ask that you would get a hold of every last one of us. Lord, speak a word. Touch us where we need to be touched. Lord, we need you as a nation. We need you as a city. God, we need to press into your favor right now. God, we love you, but we are struggling, and we need to find our way back home to you. And, Lord, I ask above all else, let there be less of me and more of you in this message. Let not my emotions rise, God, but use me accordingly, as only you can do. For I am nothing but a man, nothing but flesh, as we all are. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, give God some praise. Church, will you do me a favor tonight? Hold on to his voice. Hold on to his voice. Yeah, see... Uh, If the events of two Sundays ago uh, have taught us anything, uh, it's that Christ is surely soon to come. Would we all agree with that? Uh, We no longer, church, have to contemplate uh, what is going on in the earth anymore. Uh, And it seems that with every new tragedy, uh, there seems to be more and more irrefutable evidence, if you will, that time on earth is quickly wrapping up. Uh, So as Christians or or as believers as we say we are, our purpose should be clear more now than ever. Uh, And that, that message is that Christ should be a banner across our hearts when we greet people and when we are working with people and so forth and so on. And we should be a comfort on our lips for those who need to hear a word. Amen. For God has seen it fit for a time like this in these perilous times uh, to, to, ne- to not necessarily uh, put us in a situation uh, that we are cursed because there are perilous times, uh, but because he desires to use us to speak to this generation. Would you agree, church? Yeah, see, what you have to understand that the first thing that we have to necessarily do uh, if we want to, uh, to get healing in the earth is that we have, to, we have to recognize that his voice is sovereign in the earth. And you see, we have to dial into the voice of the Lord as if we were putting in earbuds, like those Beats headphones that we put in, amen? Uh, we have to drive out any distractions uh, that may sever our ties to his blessed voice. Come on, somebody, would you agree tonight? Uh, and even as the world has become more noisy and more uh, chaos has ensued, it is in the stillness of his voice that there is power, come on, uh, and that the world now is clamoring more than ever, Chaos has become the focal point of our nations. Uh, And it seems that God, watch this, has become a backseat driver to leaders that govern themselves without conscience. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I say, show me a country without God. Show me a country without God, and I'll show you a ground with dead soil. I'll show you a ground with dead soil. And as a body of believers... It is critical, watch this, that we are able to hear from God and share it with a generation just trying to find its way. (laughs) But I have a question tonight. Are we truly listening? Are we truly listening? Don't answer that right now. Don't answer it. Church, we got to hold on to his voice. We got to hold on to his voice. We have to hold on to his word. More than ever now, because Satan, the enemy of your soul, has infiltrated the minds of people with power and money. (laughs) He has tricked so many into believing that the problem in our society is not necessarily a spiritual one, uh, but more of a condition of economics and politics. But the devil is a liar. Whether we choose to believe it or not, Uh, Before America can be whole again or great again, it has to rid itself of this soul sickness that we have. We have removed God from our monuments and from so much within our culture that now our values have seemingly been lost in translation. (laughs) And then we become utterly surprised when chaos ensues. And as sad as this sounds... And as tragic as this is, nothing that has gone on in the last several days should be a surprise to any of us that are believers. (laughs) Yeah, see? But it doesn't mean that it isn't painful. Many of us weeped as we thought about those who who were out there by the Mandalay Bay as a man decided to dispatch 59 lives for no reason at all, except that it was in his heart to do doesn't make sense anymore, but the Bible speaks of these things. It doesn't say that perilous times will make sense. It just means that perilous will be perilous. That's all it means. And I believe that these things are a direct result of his voice not being heard by his people. Most of all, by us, who call ourselves the believer. When we look at the text, church, I want you to get this tonight we see that the prophet Micah is sending a warning to a nation who has clogged its ears from hearing God's voice. They have turned away from what they know. Micah has spoken a word over Israel that is not favorable. Uh, Israel has given itself over to a reprobated mind. You know what a reprobated mind is? What's a reprobated mindset? You know what that is? that's somebody that 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 is that is not thinking about holiness not thinking about it they're doing exactly what they want to do no matter what the consequences are <laughs> they have given themselves over to a reprobated mind they have fell away from their first love which was supposed to be God and God alone the sovereign god that brought them out of egypt and yet they found themselves consumed by the things of the world <laughs> God has given them grave news in spite of their reprobated mind that prosperity will be replaced with destruction. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was given warning at the beginning of the text, it would behoove us to listen to what God has to say. But still, they did what they wanted to do, just like this nation. <laughs> the text says in Micah six, twelve and 13, the rich among you have become wealthy through extortion and violence, Your citizens are so used to lying, somebody say they're lying, that their tongues can no longer tell the truth. Therefore, I will wound you. He said destruction is coming in that text. And I will bring you to ruin for all your sins. Church, praise chapel. It's time for our country to tell the truth about its relationship with God. Come on. You see, here's the thing, I don't know about you, but tonight, can I tell you, I'm tired. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of politicians and and billionaires and, and oligarchs and all of these people trying to determine what is wrong with our country and basing their decisions on ungodly counsel. On ungodly counsel, I've grown weary Of a media. I don't know about you, but for me, I've grown weary of a media so dialed into political gestures instead of focusing on the legislation that is partly to blame for our brittle relationship with God. (laughs) They tell you what they listen, they try to tell you what they believe you need to hear. And all along, it's a lie. You know, I don't have to agree with what our leadership says all the time, but the one thing I do agree, that there is a lot of fake news out there. You don't have to necessarily agree with what's going on in government, but that is the truth. and We see it all the time. Think about it. When you go on social media, how much do you see that is false? 2,000-foot anaconda eats, you know, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's been dead for over two years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is, but this, this is what we've given ourselves over to, this reprobated mindset. I'm weary of all the lies that we digest on a daily basis when tragedy knocks on our door. Does it, how, many, how many of you have been on social media in the last two weeks and somebody has a conspiracy theory about what went on in our city? They weren't some of the first responders that were out there risking their lives. Huh? But they had what they believed what was going on. Or here's worse. Here's worse. You know, I I'm, I, I teach at UNLV, and, and I had a and we had a teacher. It was on the on the news. We had a teacher get up and say that it was this current president's fault that this happened. Not not you like our president. That has nothing to do with what is there are principalities in the earth church. It <laughs> Doesn't matter who would have been in office. Crazy is crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's time out for all of this foolishness. I wish I had something happy-go-lucky. I could be up here like Carlton from the—I don't have it tonight. I just don't. You know why? Because people are dying. Come on. People are dying every day. We're putting, we're putting fathers and, and sons and, and, and husbands and, and, and all of these people in harm's way trying to protect us. And yet, and still, we still haven't gotten to the point that it's more than just a surface issue. There is a root problem going on in this country. And it has nothing to do with both sides of the aisle. Can I tell you something? It has everything to do with the fact that we have divorced ourselves from God. Okay. Yeah, listen. (laughs) It's time out for the enemy sneaking into our camp and ambushing us. We become weak. If we are who we say we are, we ought to take heed to what he's telling us. And that's what Israel didn't do. They didn't take heed to what God was saying, and they paid for it. They wandered, and they were, op- they were often destroyed and missed the mark because they wouldn't listen. <laughs> we ought to take heed to what God is telling us. But the question is, if he, sp- if he spoke to you, would you listen tonight? It's like as quiet as a church mouse off in here. But listen, I'm not rebuking anybody because I want our country to be whole again. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing the same old things over and over again. And you know what's worse? The enemy, he props up the people of the world to try to attack the church. Don't you know I was at a dinner for for the program I'm in at school? And this guy got up, and he belongs to some some religion. I think it's Santeria. Santeria. And he said, and this is what he said. He said, I'll never forget it as long as I live. He said, you know what? He said, I'm just grateful that I don't have to deal with Christianity. I want to get away from that as much as I can, and I want all of you to, too. That's what he said. (laughs) Those fighting words. (laughs) He didn't know. Well, I was about to get up and be like, Satan? (laughs) The Lord rebuke you, but I didn't do that, you know? Because you know what the, the problem is? He's not really the problem. Can I tell you something? He's not the problem. We're the problem. Okay, yeah, all right. Well. (laughs) Whoo, God, help me tonight. That takes me to my first point, church. Church, when we hear his voice, when we truly hear his voice, we fear him. And that's the problem. Don't nobody fear God anymore. (laughs) They don't fear God anymore. The text says in verse 9, to fear the Lord, if you are wise, he's basically telling them what. Before destruction comes, what? Warn. He says it right here. His voice calls to everyone in Jerusalem. It's, he's basically ringing the alarm And Israel. You know what they got? You know what they're doing? That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And that's why you know you know what? That's why they wandered for forty years, because they wouldn't listen. And just like them, we're wandering right now trying to figure out what's going on in this city and in cities across the United States of America because we are no longer invested in God in this country. (laughs) Yeah, now let me be clear. The word fear in this text does not mean something negative. We often equate fear with something negative, you know? It's like the feeling a child who loves their parents would have if they did something wrong and they didn't want to disappoint them. You understand what I'm saying tonight? In this case, the disobedient child is Israel, and the parent is God. (laughs) Yeah, see, the fear that the text is speaking of is one of reverence. You know what reverence is? That's not an unhealthy fear. That's of admiration, of respect, of acknowledging that something is greater than yourself. (laughs) And the only thing unhealthy here is Israel's lack of discipline, just like us here in the United States. You see, in the beginning of the text, there is a call to fear God. When we fear him, church, when we fear him like we say we do, we recognize, watch this, that it's best to obey him. And when we are truly obeying him, we can hear him. We can hear him. But you know what? This country has earmuffs on. And in the midst of all of that, they don't see the enemy just sneaking into the camp. They can't hear it. They can't hear what's going on. Yeah, see? <laughs> you can't see what you can't hear. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, okay. All right. See, see when I was growing up, and I don't know about you, but, but just get this for a second. You know, um, I spent a lot of time with my grandfather. There, there was a season when my mother was off uh, getting trained to work for the government, and so she was gone for about a year to two years to doing that. And so what ended up happening was my grandparents took me in and they raised me. And so my grandfather is, is still the most influential person in my life. He's been dead for over 25 years. Excuse me. But he's still very much influential. And he, he, he pretty much let the law down early in my life at four years old when I went to him. And so one of the things that I can remember early was when we get in them stores, you stay by me, you listen for my voice, and if you can't hear my voice, it's too late you are taking a whooping when you get home. Now, more time than not, I listen, but I remember this one time. This one time, (laughs) I was in uh, Lazarus. We know it now as Macy's. How many remember when it was Lazarus? See, nobody? Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) That's East Coast. All right. Well, anyway, it was called Lazarus back in the day, but then Macy's bought it out. And so, I remember like it was yesterday. Now, mind you, I was four. I'm 41. But what I'm about to tell you would warrant me remembering. So, I found myself getting away from his voice, not hearing him calling me because I was too busy. You know how when you're a kid, you're, you're like, you're going up under the, uh, the little racks playing around. Well, I got lost. You know, a store is really big to a four-year-old, right? It's huge to a four-year-old. So I found myself lost in this store. Lost prevention had to get me. Yeah, security. And what do they do when you're lost? They get over the PA. Yeah, they said... Attention, shoppers, we have a four-year-old little boy up, up front. Can you come claim him? So you can imagine as he was coming up and I'm looking at him that I knew what time it was. Now, see, this is back in the day when you could take a whooping and not have, be on Dr. Phil two weeks later. Okay, I know because, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, You, I don't know. We, we do this new thing with disciplined kids where, where they can call the police and Dr. Phil. There wasn't none of that when I was growing up. You was going to take your behind whooping. You could call the police after that. Yeah, amen. But you was going to take a behind whooping one way or the other. So, but here's the thing. I found myself not being able to hear his voice. And because of it, destruction came. (laughs) Yeah, see? And here's what you need to, and just like that, we're just like that in this country, church. And many of us as Christians in this nation, our society that we call home has become full of a bunch of four-year-olds running around, as if God and his judgment is some kind of fairy tale. Yeah, see, the only difference is, is that most four-year-olds in the natural are actually wiser than us because deep down they actually fear their father. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Listen, church, when you truly fear him, you will obey. You will obey. Not because you're scared necessarily that you're going to get a whooping, because you really don't want to disappoint him. You know, after I took the whooping, you know what he said to me? My, my grandfather, son, I was scared that something happened to you. And this is why I'm whipping you. <laughs> now, I didn't understand at the time. I'm for taking a whooping. Amen. <laughs> but the reality is, because I was young and couldn't, un- and couldn't hear his voice, and because I was detached from his voice, the truth of the matter is, anything could have happened. Anything. Just like anything It's happening right now in America. Anything and everything. Yeah, see, now watch this. God tells his people, the armies of destruction are coming. Gave them warning. The Lord is sending them. How many times does God have to tell us to get it together? How many times, church, does he have to tell us to get it together before we are all under siege and it's too late? He even says, I will wound you. He said, I'm about to jack you up. That's what he said. He said, I'm about to basically jack you up. I warned you. You're out of favor. You've given yourself over to a reprobated mind. Now it's too late. Here comes the pain. Ain't that what we say? Yeah. Here comes the pain. He says, I will wound you. So many warnings, but few are taking heed. How many warnings do we need in our society and as believers to get on our post and pray and seek God's face and yet after all the warnings we've given, uh, been, been given, after all of the hurricanes and after all of the mass shootings and after all of the people desecrating God's honor and after all of these things, we still haven't got it. My God, I don't understand. This isn't this is, you know what, this is a war cry tonight, church. This isn't a a thing to try to bring us down. I understand that some of us are still reeling from what has gone on, but this is a war cry. Because you know what? The enemy secretly thinks that we become weak. Can I tell you something else? The world thinks that we're weak. You know why they prop us up during the election season? They don't do that because we are really, because we really have power. They do that because they think we're a joke. They do it because they think we're a joke. They think that the way we live as Christians, speaking in tongues, laying hands on people, is nothing more than hocus pocus. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that. You know, I've listened to Brother Garrett. He talked about being in the academy and some of these men coming in, and they were so arrogant. But as he was going through the process, many of them were falling by the wayside. And all of a sudden, they needed God when they got in trouble. That is so tragic. That's a tragedy. When you, look, when you look to God after he's given you warning, after warning, after warning, after warning and, you, and you just decide that I'm not going to do it. And then finally you say, God, I'm ready for you now. By that time, you're a shell of yourself because you've given everything else to the world. Okay, listen. <laughs> and we've been given so many prophecies in the earth. So many so many prophets have come and gone. I'm not talking about these Jack Lake prophet, prophets that you see on YouTube. No, I'm talking about actual prophets that have given a word about the state of this nation, the state of our communities, the state of our churches, and yet we're sleepwalking. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I've given my life over to this. I've done my best to give my life over to God. I've not, I've fallen short. Let me tell you that tonight. I've fallen short many times through this process. But I don't have nowhere else I can go. I have nowhere else I can go. Where else can I go? Because if I'm not under, if I'm not under the arc of safety, if I'm back out there, I'm nothing but but, but bones walking. Pick dry. Our country is, is trying to be picked dry because we have not yet woken up to the fact that there is spiritual warfare going on in the earth. It's time to wake up, church. It's time to wake up. Come on, give God some praise. Oh, God. You see, <laughs> help me, Lord. You see, this text is a reminder that God isn't moved by what we have. He's not moved by what we have. He honors our obedience. And obedience is greater than sacrifice. That's what the text says. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. It's not predicated on how much money you have or what position you have or what type of key stakeholder you have. Nah, see, it ain't got nothing to do with that. It's predicated on whether or not you can be obedient Let me ask y'all a question tonight. I don't know why I'm going here, but I I just am. What would happen if if the basic social order in this country just, just completely went crazy? That it became like an apocalypse, right? We see movies about that from time to time. What would happen? Would this, our faith still be your refuge? Would it still be your refuge? Would it still be your refuge when you can't go to Walmart anymore and pick up the items that you need? You need to go to Sprouts. Huh? You can't get gas. Your job fires you. You can no longer eat. Don't you know that's the reality of so many nations here on the earth? That is a reality. The problem is this country doesn't believe that it can happen to us. They don't believe that it can happen to us. We believe we are so, we are so just basically uh, dialed into this idea that our leadership has our best interest. And maybe some of them do. I don't want to make a general statement that none of them do. But none of them are God. None of them went to Calvary for us. None of them formed the earth. None of them raised Lazarus. None of them did anything. None of them did any miracles. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why we have so much investment in man instead of looking to God. <laughs> Listen, I, it's like I don't know what else to say. Praise Chapel. This is what the world can't understand, that in times like this, like the ones we're going through, If we want to heal, we must obey. We have to obey. Otherwise, we are nothing more than walking dead. We are nothing more than walking dead. And that takes me to my second thing. When we truly hear his voice, we turn away from false idols. (laughs) We turn away from false idols. The church needs to hear this especially. Uh, See, what you have to understand, the text says in verse 16, You keep only the laws of evil King Omri. You follow only the example of wicked King Ahab. Therefore, I will make an example of you, bringing you to complete ruin. You will be treated with contempt, mocked by all who see you. That means you will be propped up and made an example of because of your disobedience. Church, you see, Israel kept the laws of King Omri and his son Ahab, which was considered idol worship. Idol worship in the sight of God. And in doing so, the people, the people that once looked to God brought judgment upon themselves. Just like in many cases, we brought judgment on ourselves here in America. Our society has made money, power, and politics an idol. And in doing so, it has now done what? It has forced God's hand. It's forced his hand. And when we once leaned on our Christian values, remember I talked about us being a Christian nation, uh, where we struck down laws that hurt people, we now lean into those very laws for profit. That's what we're doing now. Help me tonight, God. And now that our country has stumbled into turmoil like this, Uh, We now are seeking answers, but we're seeking answers in the wrong places. And what's so crazy is that we're acting as if God never spoke to us at all. How dare us be so arrogant as a country? Our pride is a curse upon this nation. It is a curse upon this nation because we've been so prideful. And I know that there are some of you in here tonight that may be thinking that this is all harsh, maybe so. Maybe it is harsh. And that we should be focusing on the healing process of this city and this country. And we certainly do need to do those things. Uh, But don't let the enemy trick you tonight, church. Don't let the enemy trick you. He desires to cover our ears so that we will turn to false gods. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And I'm telling you. That even as I speak to you right now, Congress and big business, those things that we can't necessarily see and can't hear, wants to protect laws that almost brought this city to its knees. They want to protect it. Ask yourself, will anything get done in the next six months? God, I hope so. But if it doesn't, will you be surprised? And let me tell you something. We can't just say anymore we got to pray for our country and leaders and just be done with it and just let it go. We can't just hop on social media anymore and create And when something dreadful happens like, like just recently happened and create hashtags without calling out these principalities. If we're, we're going to create hashtags, let's make sure that we create hashtags about those principalities that are truly happening in the earth. Otherwise, we lie to ourselves, church. Truth is not in us. It's not in us. We're not who we say we are. It's put up or shut up now. Wouldn't you agree? We have to call out false idols and tell the truth. Even when it's not comfortable. And that takes me to my final point. We have to hold on to his voice. Because the world, as we know, is coming unraveled. The text says in verse 14, You will eat, but never have enough. Your hunger pains and emptiness will remain. And though you try to save your money, it will come to nothing in the end. You will save a little, but I will give it to those who conquer you. Somebody say conquer. Uh, you will plant crops, but not harvest them. You will press your olives, but not get enough oil to anoint yourselves. You will trample the grapes, but get no juice to make your wine. Church. We are truly in the last days. We have to ask God to grant us a spirit of long-suffering. We have to ask him, because there's no turning back anymore. Let me say this. Let me say this last thing. I believe that revival is sweeping through this city right now, Pastor Art. But these are still the last days, as you always say. Even Even as we are experiencing revival and beginning to see the evidences of that, The last days are not going to slow down anymore. Okay. I feel that it is our duty. This is just me talking. I feel it is our duty to stand firm and tune in to God's voice, even when we don't want to. It's not always easy. We're going to have to remove ourselves from some people, places, and things to really be effective. That's what the, you know what, can I tell you, that's some, some of the older saints I've noticed about them. They don't mind removing themselves from people, places, and things when it's not about God. It doesn't mean that we're holier than thou. But here's the thing. The world is creating an us versus them mentality. I just told you about a guy that stood up and denounced my faith as if I was nothing. He didn't know I was Christian. But they're creating an us versus them mentality. It It doesn't mean that we're like the world. That's not what I'm saying. But who are you serving? Who are you serving tonight? I want to ask that question. Who are you serving? Who are you really serving when nobody is watching? <laughs> See, it's easy to, to, to hakam a shah here. It's hard to hakam a when you're getting cut off in traffic, amen. Because <laughs> some of us got road rage, amen. Okay. I'm just, I'm just I'm wondering if you hakam a when you get cut off, you know, in your Ford Festiva. Amen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's coming in a Hyundai. Remember that one? All right. (laughs) We have to do these things. We have to hold on to his voice. Amen. Otherwise, we are lambs walking to the slaughterhouse. (laughs) But I thank God, church. There's good news in this message, I promise. I thank God that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the one that went to Calvary, he's the good shepherd. (laughs) Come on, give God some praise. (laughs) <laughs> he knows us. He knows what we'll do. He gives us an opportunity for repentance. Have you repented tonight, church? Have we really truly repented as a nation? Don't answer that right now. When we hold on to his voice, we are under the arc of safety. That's when we can truly do wondering, working power. Even in a world that is experiencing the birthing pains of trials and tribulations that we hear so much about that nobody seems to believe is really happening. And when we hold on to his voice, my God. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, this past Monday, I was, I was teaching my class, and, and for about an hour and a half before, my, my class was three hours long, and for the first hour and 15 minutes, I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about what, you know, what my lesson is tonight. I want to hear from you all how you're feeling. And for an hour and a half, I heard nothing but despair. Nothing. People with no hope that are so young, that have nothing to believe in. But you know what's interesting? Because I listened. Nobody said anything about God. Everybody put... Their hope in people, places, and other things. And things that they wouldn't even talk about. But nobody talked about God, sis. Nobody talked about him. And that's the tragedy that's going on in this country right now and around the world. We're not the only ones. That's a tragedy. That nobody looks to God. Nobody, it seems like so many of us in this country wants to look to God before all of this happens. Church, if we're going to stay under the banner of God's will, we have to fear him. Wouldn't you agree? We have to reject and call out false idols. Most of all, most of all church, we have to hold on, even in the midst of chaos. You know, I often hear people say, and this is, this is just a saying that I hear people have said for years, God is forever speaking. The question is, are you listening? Uh, And whether you believe that or not, and I hope you do, we need him like never before, amen, church. We need God. Vegas needs him. Charlottesville needs him. The NFL ownership and the players need him. (laughs) I'm not going to get on that tonight. Donald Trump needs him. Yeah, see? The Philippines needs him. Our first responders need him. Are you holding on, church? If you are, give God some praise. I'm done, man. (laughs) You know what? I don't know why God took me this way. And, I like, at one point, like, when I was doing this sermon, I was like, God, this seems kind of angry a little bit. But you know what? So much of what's going on in this country, I think, can be avoided. Some things, no. But I do believe that that I do believe we have people still in the earth that are praying. I don't think that our prayers are hitting the the wall and just coming back down or or the ceiling coming back down. I believe that God is hearing the prayers of his people. There's still a remnant in the earth, church. There's still a remnant in the earth. You know? But the reality is, is that, that the voice of the enemy is loud. It has become loud. And for some reason, the church has become silent. And I don't understand why. You know, it's interesting. When I I was a little boy, about five years old, um, my mom, you know, she would take me to this holiness church in Columbus, Ohio. And can I tell you something? A lot of people didn't even have to go to the altar to get delivered. Folks would get hands laid on them right there in the aisles or in the pews and would get delivered because people had power. They had power. And it's, it's sad because I hear, you know, when I hear Brother Garrett and, and Brother Victor and them talking about how it used to be and how we missed something, what does this come to? Are we just relying on our leadership to pray? There are only two people. They have a family. They battle. Don't you think they battle and deal with things? Don't you think they have, they have trials and tribulations and sorrows? Don't you think they grieve when they, stuff hits their, their personal lives and with their children's? It's not to say that we're not doing our job, but it's just an example that, that it can't be just a few people doing so much. And I know that the work is plenty and the laborers are few, but we're in the last days now. So now it's a war call, it's a draft. It's a, this is a draft now, because let me tell you, the enemy's army is, is lengthy. <laughs> he doesn't have to, and here's the thing, he doesn't, it's not like Lord of the Rings where you see little imps running around and that, you know, all that. No, 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 see, no, no, see, he's using people in places and in small spaces that you can't see. In Washington, here in Vegas, you don't think there are some people that are trying to profit from this tragedy? off the pain of 59 people and 500 others that were injured and off the PTSD of our first responders, you don't think they're not trying to profit off of that? But God is watching. The question that we have to ask as he's watching, are we on our job or are we like the walking dead? God, church, you can come. The worship team can come at their own pace. I don't know. I feel like this message... It's for the believer. It's for it's for us to 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 really gird ourselves up, and, and I know I don't know if someone's here right now and, and, and they don't uh, they don't have a relationship with God, or maybe they're wavering in their in their spiritual walk, or maybe they've been away for a long time and they're trying to come back home.